What is up? Welcome to episode 23 of the sports show with Ben and Dylan. We are here today on a Tuesday to give you guys a recap of week one NFL. Uh, yeah, so we are going to be reviewing all of the games uh, from the past uh, weekend slash the game. I guess if we want to, even though we kind of talked about it briefly on, uh, was it, yeah, Saturday, uh, about the Thursday night game as well, both of the Monday night games. Uh, we'll also see a rant, uh, maybe not as big as sometimes, like the Sixers, but a, a minor rant coming from me uh, about the Giants. I am not happy whatsoever uh, with their opening game. And then, uh, yeah, I guess that's basically it. Fr- um, yeah, we're doing Tuesdays and Fridays now. This is our first episode doing that on Friday. Uh, you will see an episode where we predict some of the week's best college football games and um, NFL games. Also, I think if you want to just start it off, we will give uh, basically like a preview of of the two NBA games that are tonight. Do you, do you want to do that? Yeah, we'll do that, and then um, obviously the Mets were finally sold on right. uh, one of the best days, arguably, in Mets history, um, just because the Wilpons were so bad. So I do want to touch on that, uh, and we will get to all of that in just a second. But first, as always, a word from our sponsor, Garden Greens, the best lawn care service around. Uh, they will get the job done quickly and efficiently. Garden Greens, helping your garden. Yeah, I mean, this is a key sponsor. Uh, Shout out to Garden Green for sponsoring uh, the sports show with Ben and Dylan. Uh, But yeah, let's get into it. So uh, would you, I guess we'll just start with uh, all the now Steve Cohen news. Uh, Yeah, the Mets now are owned by a a non-Wilpon family, which is huge, especially for big Mets fans like Ben. Yeah, um, so it is not technically official it is still subject to approval by the uh mlb owners 23 out of the 30 um owners need to say yes to it um or else it gets or or else um it it gets vetoed um so that is, is still big um that's basically the next step but um everything else is um is basically squared away. Uh, finally, it's it's done. Uh, maybe the Mets can maybe now contend in the future. Um, um, just just maybe because um, the the funds necessary to um, to to compete for a World Series has not been there basically since two thousand eight, since the Makoff scandal um, with the um, with the Wilpons that were um, heavily involved in it. Um, yeah, it's, it, I think now if, if you go back and you look at the majority of World Series uh, winners over the past, you know, 10 years or so, give or take, um, you look and, and basically all of them are into the luxury tax and the Mets have just not been willing to spend into the luxury cha- tax, which is huge. And it basically, it, it, it enforces more or less a salary cap, even though there is not supposed to be a salary cap in baseball. Um, yeah, it's a, uh, it's it's a new day. Hopefully, um, now it's it's basically a new chapter of Mets baseball, and um, 
hopefully it goes well. I mean, we everybody's celebrating it. I'm very excited for the Mets. Um, however, there was always the potential that uh, that it doesn't go all that well. Maybe Steve Cohen isn't the greatest owner. He has done some rather shady things um, as a hedge fund owner um, to make all of his money. Uh, but yeah, Steve, uh, Steve Cohen has bought the Mets um, for two point four. Uh, $2.475 billion um, after they had an agreement um, in February for 2.6. But, uh, yeah, it is uh, just about final. Um, and, and Steve Cohen will hopefully uh, be, come in and, and uh, become a great owner for the Mets. Yeah, I just want to uh, point it out. Like, I, I, I don't know. I feel like although the Mets aren't particularly good at, at the current state, they have – some amount, not necessarily a high amount, of long-term talent in, uh, obviously, Jacob deGrom, or at least long-term-ish in deGrom, and, and Michael Conforto, and Dom Smith, and some other guys, uh, Pete Alonso, obviously. Uh, and now, if they just spend a bit more money, uh, try to make a bigger push than they have in the last, however, 10 20 years, then I think they could maybe contend in the near future. You never know. I think if all the puzzle pieces fit together, they could have a good season uh, in the coming years. So uh, I hope this works out well for the Mets. It it might not, but uh, it, it, at the least, it's good to get the Wilpons out of management. So, yeah, uh, yeah we can move on uh, if you are done to the NBA preview slash, I would say, predictions for – um, the conference final slash the game seven Nuggets Clippers series tonight. Uh, so do you want to start us off? Uh, just like what we'll predict who we think is going to win Nuggets Clippers game seven tonight. Yeah. Um, so game seven tonight, obviously, uh, Nuggets Clippers. Um, as far as my prediction, I'm actually going to go out on a limb here and say the Nuggets. Um, I don't now. I, you can go. I, I don't think. It's a limb necessarily. I don't think it's going yeah. out on a limb when you consider what they've done in the past series and now then. They've stayed um, persistent, I would probably say. Uh, the word is they came back from a 3-1 deficit against the Jazz. And I know this is not the Jazz, but the Clippers have showed some of the same struggles uh, that the Jazz showed while they were blowing a 3-1 to lead. Uh, also, not that... Uh, superstitions or whatever is really a a huge thing in sports but the Clippers are probably the least lucky uh franchise of all of the NBA franchises they have never even made it to the conference finals if I am um I I think I'm correct about that one uh and I I think it would be fitting for the Clippers to blow a 3-1 uh lead It it would just be Clippers fashion so I actually am going to take the Nuggets as well here yeah I think the, the explanation, at least on my end, is, is rather simple. I think, you know, you, you, you've seen what the Nuggets have done um, since even that, that first round series against the Jazz. They've basically been facing elimination for, for, you know, obviously not in the beginning of the series, but more or less two straight weeks now. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think the Nuggets, the Nuggets, I think, will go out and I think they will definitely win the the first half um, for sure. I think they will just come out and play looser because really they have nothing to lose. I mean, the Clippers were a, a, a very, very popular uh, final pick 
uh, coming into the year. Um, the Nuggets, not so popular. A lot of people had them basically making to this stage and then losing in, in five or six or whatever to the Clippers. And they've managed to put it to, to seven. Um, and, you know, they're, I think it's going to be a close game tonight, and I think the Nuggets will uh, come out on top. Obviously, you agree. Um, and now we can switch it over here to the Eastern Conference now. Um, okay. Yeah. So- At the start of the Eastern Conference Finals between um, the Heat and the Celtics. Yeah, so also, uh, I-, I assume just real quick, we would both, considering we both had the Nuggets advancing, then we both have the Lakers advancing to the finals? Uh, yeah. Okay, I, I was just making sure. Uh, I guess we'll just do, like, a whole predictions here, considering we haven't really talked about the NBA as much, I guess, predictions-wise, as uh, we were when the bubble and uh, before the playoffs started. So we'll just continue on that uh, trend here, I guess. So Heat-Celtics series, obviously we've seen the Heat be more... <laughs> I I would say dominant this playoffs. I mean, they kind of dispatched the Pacers, and then they also dispatched the Bucs. The Celtics destroyed the Sixers. Uh, Still, it wasn't too special. And then they uh, fought hard and beat the Raptors. uh, A bit of an upset, I guess, in seven games. Uh, So the Celtics-Heat series, I think it could go either way. Uh, Who do you have uh, winning this series? Yeah, I think the Celtics will win this series. I think um, I think the series is more or less going to be a battle of the wings. Um, obviously, Brown and Tatum, everybody talks about them so much with the Celtics versus a very good wing in Jimmy Butler. Um, I think the Celtics will come out on top here. And actually, my pre-bubble predictions will end up uh, will will end up becoming. Uh, true, as I had Lakers-Celtics entering into the bubble. Yeah, I had Celtics-Clippers with the Celtics taking the finals. Then the Celtics proceeded to not impress me whatsoever, and the Raptors did, so I changed the Raptors uh, pre-playoffs. And then I I don't think I really want to switch back to the Celtics, although the Celtics beat a better, or, or at least in my opinion, what had been a better Raptors team uh, all season uh, in a seven-game series, that does not make me confident about their state in this playoffs. The Heat, although the Heat definitely have less talent than the Celtics, we saw them dominate a, a Bucks team that, although didn't have the greatest performance from their star, Giannis, I mean, they, they still played some of the games close, and they closed out well. So I think, uh, I'm not sure. I think I'm going to go with the Heat here. Although I think the Celtics probably are the better team, I think the Heat will have more heart, and I think Jimmy will have a big series, and they are capable of advancing uh, to the finals. And then there, I I have the Lakers winning. I don't think the Lakers have... uh, I I mean, I think the Lakers have clearly, besides struggling in Game 1, have been the best team in this playoffs, maybe by a significant amount. So I think the Lakers will win the finals. Uh, Yeah, we can move on to... Our NFL games recaps, uh, as long as you, we're both ready to uh, move on. Okay, uh, we'll start it off in week one, opening day, Thursday night game. I, there's not much to say about this, but uh, are, are we just going to each give a slight recap, and then we are going to do 
uh, we decided we would do an MVP of each game and then yeah. a um, a, like a whole MVP of the week, I guess. Uh, yep. So we'll start it off with the Chiefs Texans game. Uh, do you want to just give a short recap of the game? Uh, yeah. So Chiefs Texans. Um, I, I don't know so much as we should do recaps for each of these games because I know certainly I didn't watch all of these games all the way through. I think we should just each kind of give our MVP. Uh, Wait, I, I could then I could give recaps because I, I did watch uh, the first uh, three quarters of this Chiefs game and it was over by then. And I, I mean, with uh, watching Red Zone, I guess I watched all of um, technically parts of all of uh, the Sunday games and uh, or at least the important parts. So I can give recaps if you want. Uh, yeah. Chiefs Texans. I, not much to say about it. The Texans kind of came out firing with a quick uh, David Johnson touchdown. Uh, then the Chiefs scored, I think, 34 unanswered, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe it was, yeah, it was 31 unanswered uh, to take a 31-7 to league. The Texans scored uh, two garbage-time touchdowns. Uh, and uh, the Chiefs had a field goal, uh, just barely getting the over-under. I'm pretty sure the over-under was 53-and-a-half, and they got the 54. The Chiefs won 34-20. I don't think uh, there's too much to say about this game, as it was kind of a blowout. So, Ben, would you just like to give your MVP of the game? Yeah. Um, all right. So, um, for MVP um, of the game, I think if we want to go – um, breakout star of the game, it would certainly go to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who um, had in his NFL debut had uh, 134 rushing yards and a touchdown. But I think as far as MVP, we all know the most valuable player in sports really is the quarterback. And uh, the quarterback of the winning team was Patrick Mahomes. He had a good game uh, throwing for 211 yards and uh, throwing for three touchdowns. So my MVP of the game goes to Mahomes. How about you? So I don't think that logic of the quarterback being the most valuable player in for this instance is necessarily the way I want to go. But I think for this game, you give it to Mahomes. He had a solid game. Uh, Clyde obviously had – he overachieved. He broke out. He surprised some people. Uh, with a great NFL debut, but I think Mahomes was just better, so I think I'd give it to Mahomes as well. Yeah. All right, we can move on here to Jets-Bills now. Yeah. So, Jets-Bills, it was not a competitive game from the start. Josh Allen started with a rushing touchdown and then a passing touchdown, maybe two passing touchdowns. Uh, They got off to a big 21-0 lead at halftime. They sort of let down, I guess, in the second half. But they still got a pretty easy 27-17 to 17, uh, win. The Jets looked a mess, uh, dysfunctional. Basically, every negative word you could possibly say about a football team. They did not do anything well. I guess their defense in the second half wasn't awful. Their offense was not good. I mean, you, you were without your one of your best players for most of the game in Le'Veon Bell, who went down with a hamstring injury. But, I mean, that wouldn't have really made up for how bad uh, Sam Darnold and the defense and the receivers and basically everyone played. So, uh, we can just move on to the MVP of the game. And I think it's pretty clear, unless, like, someone on defense had a really good game that I'm not aware of, uh, I think you have to give it to quarterback Josh Allen. Yeah, for sure. Um, Now, 
just to quickly go back to my previous statement, just because I said the quarterback is the most important position in, in sports doesn't mean I'm going to give the MVP of each game to uh, the quarterback of the winning team. It just so happens that uh, the first two we've done and, and actually probably the first three that we're going to do here um, will end up being the quarterback. But, yeah, just I just wanted to get that out that I'm not going to necessarily just give it to the uh, the quarterback of the winning team every time. And to answer your question, Dylan, there wasn't one player that specifically had a, uh, a terrific game. Matt Milano had uh, an interception and then uh, – there were uh, three guys with sacks on the Bills' defense. Um, but, yeah, that's it. We can move on here to our next game, uh, which really was a shootout um, in Packers-Vikings. Uh, yeah, Packers-Vikings was a – wouldn't exactly call it a tight game, but it was a high-scoring, sort of close game. It wasn't even really that close at all. I think it's, once again, a pretty clear MVP, and – and once again, it'll go to the quarterback. I mean, he he basically lo- he just looked motivated out there, and it was for a reason too. I mean, we saw him, uh, or we saw the Packers go and draft quarterback Jordan Love, uh, even when he was still uh, playing pretty well. Uh, but we saw like the Aaron Rodgers of the old, the MVP contending, uh, making uh, decisions. I guess uh, throwing deep not a bunch of check down routes that he sort of reverted back to um in the most recent years so although fantasy wise Devontae Adams scored a whopping 41 points uh and and helped you beat me in fantasy I still think Aaron Rodgers was the true MVP of this game yeah I would agree uh Aaron Rodgers is my MVP of the game we can move on here to now our fourth game where it was a shocker to say the least um the Eagles versus the Washington football team. Uh, yeah, the Washington football team had an in- incredibly awful first half, but then they had a pretty incredible second half. Uh, I think they were down, I don't know if it was at halftime or, or in the third quarter, or I don't really know, but at some point, uh, either somewhere close to halftime, the Eagles were leading the football team. 17-0, and, and something just clicked at some point, and the Washington football team's defensive line uh, continued, or not continued, but started to get to Carson Wentz and continued it. For the rest of the game, uh, Dwayne Haskins and his receivers, the chemistry started clicking at least for, like, 30 minutes, and they ended up uh, grabbing a shocking 27-17 win. And, and am I happy about this? Uh, yes. Does it concern me about the Eagles? Uh, yes, but do I think the Washington football team is really capable of winning games this year? I'm still not sure. Um, I think the MVP to this game goes to a guy who not only broke out and really lived up to the expectations, but he probably had the best game of all the people on the winning team. I think the MVP award goes to uh, Chase Young, rookie from Ohio State. Yeah, Chase Young had a really good game um, with one and a half sacks, but I think overall, I don't know. You could really give it to anybody on the Washington defensive front. I think I will just give it to the entire front seven of the Washington football team if I'm allowed to do that. Um, I don't know. I think wow. for me to to give it to Chase Young or Ryan Kerrigan because really 
the pass rush is a unit as a whole. So I think it's tough to give it to one and not the other. So I'm just going to give it to the entire front seven of the Washington football team. Yeah, I think I went with Chase Young just because I was surprised how good he was in his debut. I, I, it's possible that Kerrigan played the better game, but it's fine. Uh, I think that's fine, too, considering we were pretty close. Uh, that might be our only defensive MVP as it was a sort of high-scoring first week. Uh, let's move on to the next game. Yeah, so the next game we have was an absolute blowout um, where the Ravens beat the Browns 38-6. to um, the, Browns, the Browns scored six points in the first quarter, and it was 10-6 at the end of the first quarter with the Ravens leading, and then it really all went downhill then for the Browns, or maybe it didn't, and it all just went uphill, if that's a phrase, for the Ravens. Um, as they dominated the rest of the game, scoring uh, 28 unanswered points to obviously win the game, 38-6. to uh, six. Uh, I think Lamar Jackson is the easy MVP of this game, throwing for 275 yards, t- throwing three touchdowns, and rushing for 45 yards. So I don't think it's so, so easy. I think there's two other guys that maybe, at least for the sake of overachieving, you could give it to. Uh, those guys being rookie J.K. Dobbins, another Ohio State rookie, who did a big debut scoring two touchdowns. Uh, and, and I think kind of signaling that this might be his offense running the ball rather than uh, the veteran Mark Ingram. And then uh, tight end Mark Andrews also scored two touchdowns. Uh, so I guess you could have possibly given it to those guys. But I think in the long run, he had a great game. Plus, he's the quarterback for the winning team. So I think uh, Lamar Jackson probably deserves this uh, MVP award. Yep. We can move on now to our next game, which was another surprise um, where we had the Jaguars beat the Colts uh, by a score of 27 to 20 uh the jaguars win and upset division rival colts i mean per usual philip rivers handing the game to the defense uh basically just throwing a pretty bad interception late in the fourth quarter like he tends to do a bunch uh an mvp of this game in my opinion doesn't really necessarily uh no i no I lied. I was going to say that no one really deserves it, but when you look at the efficiency numbers, he had a pretty great game. And although I keep giving it to quarterbacks, I still think most of the quarterbacks will deserve it for this week. Uh, I think at the end of the day, I'm going to give this award to uh, Gardner Minshew. I mean, Minshew threw 19 for 20 for 200 and something yards, I'm pretty sure. Uh, He had a good game. He helped them win. Uh, Other guys you could have given it to. uh, Rookie LaVisca Chenault scored his first career touchdown uh as well dj chark also scored a touchdown i guess you could have given it to one of those guys but i mean for the colts now i wouldn't really ever do this but i think if you had to give it to an mvp from the losing team because just no one really stood out then naeem hines would have been a pretty good option but i think because Minshew played a pretty good game i will give it to him what about you yeah, I would agree with everything you said there on Minshew going uh, 19 for 20 for uh, 173 yards in the air and then the three touchdowns. Um, he had a terrific game. Um, obviously, unfortunately, uh, Marlon Mack tore his uh, Achilles during this game. 
Um, so he will be out for the season. Just wanted to touch on that as you were talking about the Colts running backs um, okay. and Naeem Hines. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, we can move on to the next game. Yeah, so the next game we will move on here to is the Raiders versus the Panthers. The Raiders took the win uh, 34-30. to I mean, two teams that have interesting running backs, but not that interesting teams as a whole, uh, played a pretty great game. I'm not going to lie. Uh, the Raiders took this game 34-30. to I think uh, whoever ended up winning the tight game, it was going to go to the running back. Uh, and the winning running back ended up being Josh Jacobs of the Raiders. He scored three touchdowns, carried my fantasy team, along with Christian McCaffrey, and um, – and played a great game, although he didn't have that many yards. His his touchdowns and uh, uh, his effectiveness, if that's a word, uh, in the red zone, really, I think solidified him as the MVP of this game. I think you could also give it to Derek Carr, who, although didn't get as many touchdowns as Jacobs, played uh, pretty well uh, in the air. I mean, he obviously threw one pretty incredible touchdown pass. It might be borderline play of the day to um, Nelson Aguilar in the back of the end zone. But, I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, you have to give it to the guy who scored uh, three touchdowns and really was, uh, I, I guess, Mr. Reliable in the red zone in Josh Jacobs. Uh, would you go a different way here or you agree with me? No, I think 100% Josh Jacobs here. Um, I agree. I think whoever came up on top um, in this game was going to have their, – their running back was going to have the MVP. Um a terrific game from both uh, Christian McCaffrey and Josh Jacobs. Um, yeah, so we can move on now to our next game, which was one of the closest games of the day um, in the Chicago Bears and the Detroit Lions. Now, the Bears beat the Lions 27-23. to The Bears scored 21 unanswered in the fourth quarter alone. Um to beat the Lions. Uh, the Lions had a shot at the end zone for the win, and really they had it um, if it wasn't for a drop by uh, by rookie DeAndre Swift. The game would have been won by the Lions. And I guess people are saying now that you can't blame uh, this late-game choke on Matthew Stafford because DeAndre Swift should have caught in that ball. And although that is true... Um, Matthew Stafford threw a pretty timely, costly interception uh, that was just an unnecessary throw. You probably should have been chewing the clock at that time. There was like a minute and 30 left or something. And he threw a careless interception. Then the Bears proceeded to score the game-winning touchdown. So, I mean, at the end of the day, if it wasn't for uh, them coughing up the ball, they probably still would have won that game. But I think the MVP of this game goes to not only the most surprising uh surprising good performance in the whole league but obviously the most surprising performance in this game and it goes to another quarterback in Mitch Trubisky never thought I'd say that yeah um I think I would go ahead and agree with that there Mitch Trubisky had a very good game um as one of one of the few quite honestly in his career um still wasn't wasn't incredibly efficient, uh, going 20 for 36 um, on completions to pass attempts, but nonetheless had a lot of big plays throwing for 242 yards and then that three touchdowns there, um, also rushing for 26. Uh, yeah, I, I would agree with you there um, on the Mitch Trubisky MVP. I kind of hate to say it that 
Mitch Trubisky uh, had a good game. Uh, I, I was getting ready, or I, I even said it, me and my dad, for no such reason. We're talking about the best backup quarterbacks in the league during the um, the 1 o'clock games. Uh, and I got to uh, Nick Foles for the Bears, and I said, well, he is probably the best back, or at least one of the best backup quarterbacks, but he probably won't be a backup court- quarterback next week after this performance. And then um, he, Mitch uh Trubisky proceeded to throw three straight touchdown passes and and make an incredible comeback. So anyway, we can move on to the next game. Yeah, um, the next game was another high-scoring game, but another relative blowout as the Seahawks beat the Falcons, uh, thirty-eight to twenty-five. The MVP of this game for me goes to Russell Wilson, who uh, who went was very very efficient uh, through. Uh, 31 for 35 on pass attempts uh, through for 322 yards and four touchdowns and led his team in rushing yards, um, rushing for 29. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think this MVP rather easily goes to Russell Wilson. I don't know how easy it is. No, it's pretty easy. I was going to say maybe you give it to Chris Carson because you get two touchdowns, but both of those touchdowns are through the air, obviously assisted by Russell. Uh, Yeah, I mean, he was like 20 for his first 20 or something, maybe 12. I I don't really remember, 15 for his first 15. And then uh, an easy Tyler DK Metcalf drop uh, ruined that streak, but uh, he still played an incredible game, and I – I feel pretty confident. No, not pretty confident. But I feel confident that he was the best uh, NFL player this week. Uh, do you agree with that? Yeah. Um. Maybe we'll see. We'll have to get to that once we get to MVP of the week. I don't want to get sure. too much away there. But we can move on now to our next game. Coming off a very high-scoring game in the Seahawks and the uh and the. Falcons now moving to a low-scoring game in the Dolphins and the Patriots as the Patriots took the win, 21-11. Yeah, this game was not necessarily the most entertaining, except it was um, uh, Cam Newton's first game back since week two of the 2019 season after he was got released from the Panthers. He signed with the Patriots and and had a pretty good debut rushing for two touchdowns. And I think it's interesting uh, that the Patriots or or Cam, I guess, got so many designed running plays. And although Cam mostly, I guess, except for his terrible attitude in the locker room, is um, remembered for his great rushing ability for a quarterback. But you can't forget the Cam's good at throwing the ball, but but they really did not – focus on that they really focused on him running the ball which I guess is fine uh I think he was clearly the MVP of this game as as no one else on the Patriots offense did much and then their defense was pretty much all locked down uh as the Dolphins only got into the end zone once but I mean I I don't really think there's anybody else you can give this award to do you agree yeah I think Cam is the Easy uh, win here for MVP. Uh, a great comeback story for him. Obviously, he we saw the multiple hype videos he was posting of himself um, showing how motivated and how ready he was for this season. So uh, good to see it 
pay off at least for one week here. Um, and yeah, I would agree with you giving that um, that MVP award to uh, to Cam this week. We can move on now to another relatively low scoring game in the Chargers and the Bengals. This one was another one that came down the wire on Sunday as the Chargers beat the Bengals in Joe Burrow's debut, uh, sixteen to thirteen. Um. Yeah, this game was sort of entertaining, very defensive game. Uh, the Chargers won this game. And if it was, um, wasn't was for a costly, costly, uh, pretty easily missed field goal by Randy Bullock in the final seconds, the Bengals would have sent this game into overtime. Uh, everyone's play of the game was uh, Joe Burrow's incredible uh, first NFL touchdown. It was a, like, 28-yard run. Uh, it was pretty nice, but... Uh, at the end of the day, they did not win this game. So I'm not even exactly sure who would you give this award to. Uh, Austin Eckler, who most people probably look at as the best offensive player for the Chargers, did not perform whatsoever. Uh, so I think I'm going to give this award to defensive end slash like linebacker-ish type of guy, uh, Melvin Ingram. He got one interception that he didn't even really deserve to get. It was an awful Joe Burrow throw, but there's not many better options for um, this award. So, yeah, I'll give it to Joe Burrow, or I'll give it to uh, Melvin Ingram. Yeah, um, like you said, there really isn't a lot of contenders for this award. I think it easily goes to Burrow, um, even if they force this game to overtime. Now, it is easy to point to that missed field goal. Um, as the reason that the Bengals lost. And it probably is, however. I just wanted to not completely blame it all on Randy Bullock as uh, as A.J. Green had a costly, costly pass interference call um, that on a game-winning touchdown by him, he pushed off um, and then caught it for the touchdown that would have won the game. So that was costly as well. But I think um, as we continue to agree on our MVP Picks here. There really isn't a lot of um, of guys you can give it to here. Um, so I think I will give it to Melvin Ingram as well, just because of that interception. Have we had any differences? I don't think so. Or no, no we have not. Than, had. Other than you said uh, Chase Young, and I just said the entire Washington Football Team front seven. But no, other than that, we have not had any differences. But we can. Uh, move- yeah. We can move on here uh, to the next game. Uh, would you like to say what this next game is? Yeah, so this next game was another tight one um, as it was an interdivision battle. Uh, the Cardinals and the 49ers. The Cardinals took down the 49ers 24-20. Uh, to 20. Yeah, uh, this was, in my opinion, uh, the mm, – maybe not. I, I would say this was the best game of the week, in just in my opinion. Maybe not, but I think I'd hand it to this one. It was an entertaining game with star players. Uh, and I think the MVP is not exactly up for debate, but you could probably give it to a few people. Uh, so the Niners, uh, the Niners MVP was Raheem Mostert, but they did not win. They barely lost. Um, so I think... In the long run, I think I have to give it to another quarterback here in Kyler Murray, although DeAndre Hopkins did have a very good game. And if I'm not mistaken, he um, had a huge play that set up the game. Winning touchdown, maybe he got the game-winning touchdown. I'm not really sure. But uh, 
that was a great game uh, for D-Hop and Kyler. But I think just because he was uh, the leader of the team in this game, I think I have to give it to Kyler. Yeah, I would give it to Kyler here as well. Just to go back to what you said on D-Hop, he had a long, um, almost touchdown play uh, where he uh, was tackled just before the end zone. It was originally ruled um, a touchdown, but as you know, they review all scoring plays. They looked at it and determined that he was down at the one, and then that ended up setting up the uh, the game-winning touchdown. But I'm going to give it to Kyler Murray as well here, who had uh, who threw for 230 yards, uh, a touchdown, an interception, um, but also had a rushing touchdown as well. Okay, uh, now we can move on to the final game of the Sunday more or Sunday afternoon slate, which is uh, was supposed to be the game of the week, but it was just not that good of a game. Uh, the Saints squaring off against the Buccaneers. Yeah. Um, the Saints, although the Buccaneers came out and had a great first drive, controlled all of this game, winning 34-17. And I'm not sure about you, but in my opinion, the MVP is pretty clear. Yeah, I think it is relatively clear. Certainly not. Um, it is certainly not uh, Michael Thomas as he had um, a pretty bad game. But uh, no, you can give your MVP here. I'm pretty sure we agree. Uh, my MVP would definitely be Alvin Kamara. Uh, big fantasy game. Scored two touchdowns. One, he almost got a third, but got called back. Drew Brees did not have the best game, and, and obviously, like we just said, Michael Thomas had a pretty miserable game, so I think it's clearly Kamara. Yeah, I would agree with that. Okay. Um. Yes, so we are done with the Sunday afternoon slate of games. We have three more, and a rant coming from me about the Giants. Uh, we'll start us off with uh, the Sunday night game, which was the Rams versus the Cowboys. Now, this game was extremely controversial. Uh, Michael Gallup was called, called for a pass interference call late in the game that really burst the Cowboys' chances. I personally do not think it was pass interference. I assume most of the world agrees with me. Um, still, I think the Rams really outplayed the Cowboys in this game. And I don't think an MVP is definitely clear. Uh, who would you give the MVP? Yeah, I mean, the MVP, um, as you obviously just said, is not all that clear. Um, you know, usually your your first choice is giving it to uh, the quarterback of the winning team. Um, but Jared Goff really didn't have all that great of a game. Threw for 275 yards, um, but didn't put the ball in the end zone um, and threw for an interception as well. Um I don't know. It's it's there's really not too many people you can give it to here. I think I might go and give it to Malcolm Brown here, who had the two touchdowns um, and rushed for 80 yards. What about you? Oh, uh, yeah, I was agree. I mean, maybe Goff had the best game, but I think Malcolm Brown's two touchdowns were obviously key importance. Uh, so I think I'll give it to him. All right, we can move on now. I think we should go with the Titans-Broncos game first and save Dylan for last. Uh, So we will go now to the Titans-Broncos game, the late Monday night football game last night. The Titans beat the Broncos uh, 16-14. to Yeah, I I didn't watch any of this game as I was uh, sleeping for 
uh, everything past the uh, first quarter, basically. But um, th- this game didn't look, by the looks of it, did not look like the most entertaining game. Uh, the the Titans kicker, former Patriots, I guess, star kicker, uh, Stephen Gutzkowski had a miserable game, but he finally redeemed himself at the end with a uh, game-winning field goal with a few seconds remaining. There's not a clear MVP here. I mean, you could do the simple deed and give it to the quarterback. You could uh, do the simple deed and give it to the Titans' best player, Derrick Henry. Uh, I don't think it's clear necessarily. And and I was looking because it was such a defensive game for someone who got like an interception that was important. Uh, and no one got an interception. No, but there were t- the Titans. If you were going it on the, along that line, either right. no, you can continue. Uh, there were two forced fumbles by uh, Kevin Bayard and um, and uh, Joshua Kalu. I, I don't know if that's how you say his name, but it, it was close enough. Uh, and I think in the long run, I'll just take the simple route because he didn't have a miserable game through for two touchdown passes and no interceptions. I'll give it to uh, Titans quarterback Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, I mean, 250 um, yards and two touchdowns is not too shabby by Ryan Tannehill. Um, so I will give it to him as well. But now we can um, we can get ready for the ramp. I Dylan, if you are listening to this in headphones, maybe turn it down in case for screams <laughs> or anything like that. But no, you can you can take it away as we talk about the Giants Steelers game last night. Okay, uh, Giants Steelers game. Uh, it was a disaster. I mean, it, on the scoreboard, it was a sixteen point game. Now. Uh, six of those points were garbage time points. Uh, a lot went wrong. So I'm just going to go down by down each position and explaining who was awful and, and who didn't completely piss me off. So we'll start us off uh, with Daniel Jones. Uh, and Daniel Jones, you take away two interceptions, and he looks like he has a good night. Uh, that would have been two touchdown passes. Uh, not awful. But uh, those two interceptions came in a pretty interesting fashion. So the first one, I wasn't even watching live because I was at soccer practice. Uh, T.J. Watt got a nice interception, I heard. And then the second one, uh, it was as I just finished soccer practice. I didn't see it. I was listening to it in the car. But then everyone was showing it. Um, I saw it on Twitter and and other things. Uh, And it was was a nice play by the Steelers' defense. But Daniel Jones' decision-making when he is under pressure is – not great. I mean, I really don't think Daniel Jones is the central blame for this game. Uh, I think we will get to what the central blame was, but he didn't particularly have a good game. Uh, do you have anything to say about Daniel Jones? Yeah, Jones, I think, um, obviously, so the two interceptions, right, you, you say if you take away the two interceptions, um, that that basically, uh, that then he has a solid game. That is accurate. Um, the first interception, look, T.J. Watt made a very nice play. Um, obviously, you weren't watching it live, um, so I don't know if you saw it, but he basically, it was just more or less a slight misread by Jones. It was supposed to be kind of a quick pass route, and T.J. Watt made a very nice play, taking a step um, forward to act like he was uh, going to rush, and then... Um, and then took a step back and as he was actually dropping into coverage um, and then just picked it right off. Um, it was 
more or less thrown right to him, um, but it was just because it was a bang bang play and a misread by Jones, and then and then the second interception. It's a tough play. Everybody knows he should have just turned to the sideline and thrown it out of bounds, but he got a little too aggressive. And I think I think the biggest thing there is it's a, it was a 19 play drive, right? There was the 19th play of the drive. You just can't do that there inside the five. You just you just gotta know um, that. You can't you can't try to put on a cape and be Superman and you you just gotta throw it out of bounds there and not try to make something out of nothing. Uh-huh. I completely agree. Uh now to move on to the running back, and this might be the most uh, triggered I am in this rant. Uh we'll start us off. Uh DeAndre Jones actually had some nice runs. Uh he had one on the uh last offensive drive where they punched in their final touchdown. Mm, doesn't matter. Uh Saquon Barkley. Now, I can't say that anyone on the offensive line had a good game. I will not tell you that. Everybody on the offensive line was bad. But that does not make up for the fact that Saquon had a miserable, 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 for the third time and final time, uh, six rushing yards. On 15 attempts, That be, like he didn't rush that many times. They passed the ball a bunch of times. But still, it, it was not good. Six yards is pretty bad. He averaged a awful 0.4 yards per carry um pretty bad game uh I think the receivers are the most positive it will get because Saquon did get uh six receptions for 60 yards which is a positive he was good in the receiving game but it does not make up for how miserable he was um yeah, well, in the rushing aspect of the game I think I think that you and I disagree. It's you can't run the ball if the defensive front is in your face the whole game, and that's what was happening. He had nowhere to run. You can't. I, I think it's it's easy to point to it and, and look at and look at the stats and say it was his fault that he only got six rushing yards. But you can't rush anyway. Or when you watch the game consistently, every single time they try to run the ball, the run blocking was horrendous. And credit to the Steelers' defense, they picked up that they that the Giants offense offensive line was struggling and they took advantage of it. They turned up the blitzes and basically it felt like every single time he he tried to run the ball, um he tried to run the ball, there was guys in his face before he could even look up. So I, I really don't think it was that big of Saquon's fault. Um I think, you know, he contributed in every way he could in the passing game. Um but I, obviously it would have been nice to see him rush for some yards, but it's tough to rush for the ball when when you can't when you walk up and there's defenders in your face. Yeah, I guess it's fair. But I think if you are potentially a top five running back in the league, you should be able to break at least one. He did not do that. Um, and the receivers, I think, were the most positive aspect of this game. As receiving-wise, we were not terrible. Uh, Darius Slayton had a pretty good game, pretty maybe even a great game. Uh, he had six receptions for 102 yards and two touchdowns. Now, that being said, uh, a bunch of those yards were just garbage time, but still, and a touchdown. Uh, I guess Sterling Shepard had a decent game. They were without, um, they were without Golden Tate and uh, – Evan Ingram, I, don't even get me started on him. He was targeted seven times and only uh, it got two receptions. Now, some of those were bad throws. There was one, their first or their second drive after the muff punt was um, Daniel Jones's fault. That was a bad throw. But uh, there was one in the first drive where he just completely missed the ball. Uh, 
it's fine. In the long run, it's fine. Uh, it, they'll be back next week, probably lose again. But I, I don't think it's as bad as other performances we've seen in the um, in this era of Giants football. Uh, I think, just to go back to the MVP of the game, I think the MVP for the Steelers, it, it could go to a few ways. I mean, the obvious answer is Ben because, well, he um, – he was, like, it's his first game back in, like, a year, and he played pretty well. Um, you could give it to Juju Smith-Schuster, two touchdowns, but I think I'm going to go a different route. But uh, before we get to that, who would you give it to? number of different ways you could go here, as you mentioned. Um, Big Ben, simply because he had a terrific return game. Juju, because he had so many. He was obviously good at doing his job, and then he had um, two big uh, – one big and one semi-big hustle plays um, on his on the other, not the other side of the ball, but just not not as a receiver. Um, one that we didn't even touch on after the Jones interception inside the five. Um, Benny Snell um, running back for the Pittsburgh. Oh right, Steelers, I forgot about that. Um, was running and then the Giants stripped the ball from him. And it was basically five defend five Giants guys, so five blue jerseys and one white jersey in Juju Smith Schuster, and somehow the one white jersey in Juju Smith Schuster got the ball. I still don't know how it happened. It was near the sideline. I'm not sure that the refs got the call right, but it was also just pathetic from the Giants. How do you not? It's not even it's not even like it's a six five three hundred something pounder offensive lineman. It's Juju Smith-Schuster, it's a, he's, and he's beating cornerbacks and, and line, five cornerback and linebackers to a ball that he wasn't even really – he was near it, but he wasn't, like, necessarily involved in the play. So that was just ridiculous. Uh, you could give it to him. You could give it to Bud Dupree for constant pressure uh, throughout the game. You could give it to T.J. Watt. Um, I think I'm going to give it, though, to Big Ben just because – um, we had a great first game back, um, and yeah. Uh, yeah, you gave it to, um, Earth Surfer, I guess, technically our first disagreement. Uh, I, I think I am going to give it to Bud Dupree. Now, Bud Dupree, not many NFL players anger me more than Bud Dupree. I know it's a ridiculous thing to say, but, and it's not just because of last night's game. It, it was because of the fashion of last night's game, so we saw... Uh, Kirk Herbstreit and uh, Chris Fowler called last night's game. I actually think they did a pretty good job. But that being said, the fact that um, they were hyping up Bud Dupree kind of angered me. So that that and just another note on the commentators: the fact that they were changing their opinion on Deontay Johnson every five seconds. That too. So first you got the most punk. Every five seconds, it was he's having a terrific night tonight. You really couldn't expect it anything more out of this guy. And then Kirk Herbstreit, five minutes later, would just be like, you know, it just really hasn't been Deontay Johnson's night tonight. Struggled a little bit, uh, both offensively. Uh, he, he's just really struggled. And, you know, the, that type of thing happens in the NFL. It's pretty ridiculous. But anyway, you can continue. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, I, I even more, I was listening to the um, Sirius XM radio call, like the New York guys or whatever, because or, or, I don't even really know what it's called, but something like that, when I was like in the car going to soccer, and they were so mad at him for that, like, muffed punt, like, or they thought he was like doing so bad because he made one mistake, 
And then um, it, it was like, I think it was like, probably like, I, I guess it was two quarters later or whatever. And I come in the car, it was like right after the, um, the awful Daniel Jones interception, the second one. And it was like maybe right after that Juju play and he got like a 20 yard game. And I looked at the stats and he hadn't had like done that much since. And they were like, oh, what a game from Deontay Johnson. He really has made no mistakes tonight. He's a big future in this league. It was something along those lines. It's kind of ridiculous. But yeah, I think just to wrap this up, uh, I, I said I'd give it to Bud Dupree because um, he just he applied constant pressure. And I think he was like the best player on the Steelers D line. Obviously, he forced that second interception uh, by really pressuring Daniel Jones. I think I'm going to go to give it to him. Uh, yeah, guys, that wraps up a long uh, yeah. content packed episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, uh, I guess we will be here on Friday to give predictions for NFL and CFB. Uh, and we'll talk to you guys next time.